Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Taped live at the Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And I am your new hardcore extreme 90s cool guy noob, David. I ah, let's go. I don't I don't really buy it. Look, yes. if you say that you're extreme by 90s rules, that automatically well, makes you extreme. Well, I can guarantee you that's not true. Wait, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Kyle. Hello, yes. I much about wrestling. Yes, we have uh, another like, guest, another one of David's roommates, Kyle. This is yeah, Kyle. How you doing, so buddy? Nice. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, Kyle's another me. Kyle's another one of my good good boys who uh, who I. Uh, have turned into a uh, a wrestling fan as of late. We MJF watch MJF is god tier. Yes, yeah, we yeah, watch AEW every every week. It's a good time. We love uh, our if boys. Only I had roommates that we could get that could be guest stars on this podcast. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got you. At least you got all the all the rest of Fan Five Six. Someone someone on location. Okay. It's true. Uh, so yes, to get back to what David was doing, if you couldn't get the hint from what from David's intro, we are starting a new arc, and we're yes. starting a new arc in ECW. Yes, I am so so excited for this one. This has been like a little side can of worms that has been like teasing me since almost the inception of this podcast i used to get so mixed up with all these fucking companies and i know ecw is one of them and mm -hmm. i have like learned little tidbits about them here and there but never enough to really understand what the hell its deal is and like where its place and all this giant fucking pantheon is right so ECW, known as Extreme Championship Wrestling, was basically the third, <laughs> kind of the third, le the number three in the men in the 1990s behind WCW and WWE, or then e. WWF. Um, unlike WCW and WWF were on national TV, ECW was kind was much smaller. They were a bit of a regional cult following kind of a kind of a deal uh basically a little ascended indie level i shall say and they originally were called eastern championship wrestling well they have another name before that but not that important yeah, yeah. and they were a regional indie in uh the philadelphia area they pretty much entirely ran out of Philly, but they managed to um, grow a little bit beyond that. But for the most part, they were mostly East Coast, even tell even in terms of TV con um, distribution. They never really left the eastern side of the United States. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and so, but they are kind of, and I will say like how they got bigger was very much like a very word of mouth kind of deal from like the hardcore of hardcore wrestling fans yeah. in addition to the concept of tape trading um it's a little sounds a little self-explanatory but i'll go ahead and say it is that tape trading back in the day you obviously not every wrestling match that ever existed is just on the internet now uh back in the day what you hardcore wrestling fans would do is they would film they would record matches on vhs tapes and they would 
through like the Wrestling Observer newsletter or through the very basic internet forums that existed in the mid to late 90s, they would like offer up their bootleg VHS tapes of wrestling matches to other fans and then mail the tapes. And then those fans would then get to watch those matches on the tape. You know, this is very funny to me. N- not not because like oh ha ha like it, what what's a VCR way back in old yeah. time, but I I as as we've well established on this show, you and I Austin are mm-hmm. musical theater fans, and uh, when it comes to bootlegging, um, the that is a practice alive and well in our contemporary fandom. So to see that this archaic form of it existed in a completely different realm you know mm-hmm. ye, ye back 30 years ago like wh- this is so deeply funny that's just yeah. like this is this is for as long as we've had the ability to steal media um from from some sort of broadcast or something we've been just like proliferating it out no matter how fucking archaic no, the wanna, technology i don't want to pay for this no i'm just gonna give it to everyone i know for free yeah fuck that yeah, yeah. hey yeah. you know what based yeah. share those Good memes point. production share the memes yeah, of course exactly and and it was also i'll, I'll also say is it's a bit of a fun sidebar that was originally part of the of what dave Meltzer's role was as the preeminent wrestling reviewer in as part of the wrestling observer newsletter is you know he would star rate these matches and those matches that he became that were highly rated became like the tape traders wanted to find those matches oh he made rare Meltzer said because Meltzer called him must watch did 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 he was he aware of his effect on this yeah, as as I mentioned, is it like basically in the old school of news observer newsletters, you could like take out ads of of you could take out like uh, not uh what's the word? You like you could like put in a a, a blurb in the what newsletter part? and be like, "Hey, uh looking for um WWF in 1980. Have All Japan 92. <laughs> Here's my just contact the, just- info. Let me know." Just imagine taking out an ad asking for pirated shit. You I mean, wouldn't that was, that's, download that's a the way car. it worked, especially because like a lot most wrestling media was not designed to be for reproduction. Yeah, like that was still even into the '90s. The idea that like, especially for wrestling, the idea that like you you would want this media to just survive forever was mm-hmm. not really a thing like you made it for the week of tv that you had it on or for the live crowd that you were put that was going to see it that night and after that which like I, whatever okay, well, we have like contemporary sensibilities about this nowadays but like how do you not recognize that you are creating like, like, like it's well it seems like they did recognize they were creating some of like the most iconic people to ever exist in celebrity dumb and like not they're like oh yeah we don't need to preserve well, yeah. and this was also this was the 90s they knew better then right mm-hmm. they, they had, had to they had they to they had have. to like fucking hulk hulkamania had already existed how do they not figure yeah. we can get all those little fucking hulkamaniacs to buy to buy the hulk rules compilation vhs i mean yes they did do that but like those things go out of print I and after that, like, they be- and after that, they become media. Yeah. How are you supposed to get new people into it if they can't catch up on the story? 
Or like, or see the old legend. Like, I don't, I don't. Le- yeah. How are you supposed to get them into it? It don't make sense. I mean, you got to, you just got to tune in next week. You got to, you know, channel, you know, oh. back, these are, these are the days where the concept of like getting new fans is because like they're channel flipping and they just stop on something they like. Like that was the strategy that the like, Disney fault, but make it wrestling. Literally anybody who had like, like if you talk to anyone who was like, what was the strategy in the WWF or the WCW in the nineties? Like, they were devoted to the idea of channel flipping. This is Vince Russo's finest philosophy was that you have to have like a new thing happening every five minutes because you don't want anyone to change the channel. And every minute someone could be flipping the channels and see something. So you got to have something new going on every every five minutes. But but I need to rewind a few seconds and point out that I take deep umbrage with you using the words vince russo and philosophy in the same sentence i mean he did have a philosophy it's just not one i really subscribe to ah yeah i guess i feel like i feel like with kind of what it devolved into it's charitable to call it a philosophy and much more accurate to call it a deeply crass marketing strategy Well, we, we've all, we've gotten a bit off track here yeah. talking about tape, training well, and preservation of media. Podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll also say is that interestingly is, and I guess this is my best transition I could do to talk about Paul Heyman, but not only was tape trading used by the fans to like watch matches that Dave Meltzer said are really good. <laughs> they, it was, it's all ECW in particular also used tape trading as a way to scout. Wait, really? Yeah. They so, were t- they were trading tapes trying to find these like matches, these hidden gem matches from Mexico, especially looking at the guys they brought in from Mexico and Japan. They were absolutely cuz they watched some Paul Heyman watched a VHS tape and was like, "Get this guy." That <laughs> you know, is kind of funny to me that that these companies were actually engaging in that like like they were running the black market. They were running, they're while 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 paying for ads on TV, going you wouldn't download a car. They they also they, they well ECW they're, paid they're, for they're nothing. But we'll get to that. Fueling the dark trade. What? ECW paid for nothing, but we'll get to that. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, this is a whole thing, buddy. Oh, you're in boy. for a, you're in for a yeah. good one. But let's let's talk about Paul Heyman because I brought up his name. Paul Heyman. He's been on this podcast a few times before as a manager in WWE. But before that, he was actually the guy in charge of ECW. Uh, He came, he was a manager in WCW in the early 90s, Paul E. Dangerously. And and so, but then after he got fired, he went to ECW and kind of joined the booking team with Todd Gordon, who was then the president of the comp of ECW. And that's kind of the learning tree under which Paul Heyman worked. And then Paul Heyman was the head guy in charge of ECW till it died. Jesus Christ. And so Paul Heyman is well known for basically two things if EC, <laughs> that define his ECW tenure. First is being a creative genius, especially looking at the, between the smaller resources that ECW had and the lesser talent they had they had to you'll see but ecw had a lot of guys who were very limited in a lot of aspects (laughs) and paul Heyman was able to make that magic work wait wait i want to i want to try to predict what the second thing he was known for 
from a little bit of context proofs. So the first one of genius get one was financial dumbass. Yes, but I'm not done talking about him being a genius. Oh, well, pardon me. <laughs> Carry on. In addition, Paul Heyman also was fantastic at pulling in what the fans wanted and getting into the pop culture of the time. Like to understand in 1993 and 94, when he was, when ECW was on the come up is WWF was in the middle of the new generation era. David knows hey. about this. It was all cartoony and bad. Dumb. Oh God. It was and meanwhile, so w- dumb, Kyle. It's very oh dumb. We, we, saw, we, 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 we watched a new generation arc where there were double undertakers. It was, the, oh yeah. Whole, yeah. Two Undertakers, and it wasn't even entertainingly bad. Two Undertakers and a naked gun tie-in. I have no comments. Just a <laughs> lot of questions. Yeah. yeah, so do we. Yeah, we did a whole fucking arc, and we still have questions. Anyway. In WCW, wasn't a lot better. Uh, before 94, it was still, car- it was still very family-friendly, is my point. Yeah. And, but then... Hulk Hogan arrived in WCW and he brought all his cartoony bullshit there. Yeah. We've talked about this relationship before, but W Hulk Hogan changed WCW. He didn't change for, he didn't change for them. They changed for him, brother. Yeah. (laughs) So both mainstream options are not doing great. So mm-hmm. Paul Heyman, he made ECW the home for the heart, the stuff that appeals to the hardcore fans and the stuff that appeals to the adult fans. You know, he was rolling all in on violence and sex and rock and roll. Hells yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude had people coming out to modern rock hits of the time. It's grunge as hell. Wait. Oh, they, wait. The motherfucker who wouldn't pay for jack shit actually licensed music? Well. <laughs> well. You know what? I, now, well, if, you hear Paul, if you hear Paul Heyman say it, he didn't license anything, ever. <laughs> but he they made music videos with rock songs on them. So I feel like he licensed something. And it was a matter of like, he was so, his audience was so small, he could get away with it being kind of cheap. So, but his argument for what he did with live entrances is that instead of playing the song through a, a distinct audio feed to go to the TV broadcast, he basically only played the song in the arena and let the TV mics pick it up, pick up the song. So uh, a similar dang. principle a similar principle is used if like you watch a sporting event and you hear a song come on that's mm. not a legal licensing issue for the sat reason like if it's like if a tv if tv incidentally picks up a song it's okay it wasn't broadcast for television jesus wouldn't, christ wouldn't they also have to have licensing for like playing it at the event too technically they should but wow. did they <laughs> is an interesting question that is probably no 
Yeah, I see how their small fan base helped them then. Hey, hey, Mr. Mr. Good at setting up sound things. How do you feel about this so far? I hate it. I hate it. That is so good. Oh my god. Oh, be be prepared for just cutting all the technical corners here. You're oh, gonna be in a lot no. of pain. You're gonna this be in a man, lot of pain oh, tonight, buddy. No. Yeah, let's let's talk. Speaking of cutting corners, let's talk about Paul Heyman's other legacy is being a bad businessman. ECW <laughs> did not make very much money ever. <laughs> how was how did he not make money if he wasn't spending any money? <laughs> it was all Well, he spent just enough to not make money. <laughs> okay. Money 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 no go up, but money no go down. You can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I have been waiting for this part of the story for so long. Paul Heyman has been a recurring character on this fucking show forever. And only recently did I learn that he was like this early power player in the 90s TV game. And I have just been waiting to hear the grand story of how this Muppet of a human completely tanked his own fucking company. Yep, he was not great with money. He was a lot better with words. And that is a big reason why he kept a lot of wrestlers on his roster longer than he did. Is because he broke a lot of prom, He made a lot of promises and he bounced a lot of checks. But man had a silver tongue. And he kept a lot of dudes working for him a lot longer than they probably should have. That's so insane. I will say he is quite good with his words. You hear, you hear him kind of pro. Yeah, I fucking watched that interview he did on Christmas Eve SmackDown about how about how Roman broke up with him and just <laughs> the raw emotion that this man pulled out. I was convinced that this was real. I know deeply that kayfabe is a thing, but Heyman just the he made it feel. I, I felt it, Austin. He makes you feel things. Yeah. But, you know, it's been said that Paul Heyman has li lied to everybody except the fans because he wanted he wanted it to succeed very badly. Mm -hmm. But, Why didn't you know. Why did you just hire someone who knew what to do with money? That's an excellent question that we don't have an answer to. Oh, okay. Understandable. I mean, I mean the answer probably is someone who was who good with money knew or was too fucking smart to be hired by Paul Heyman to be good with money for his company. Yeah, probably that probably it's is a big like, part of it, yeah. They, they looked like, at it and they're just like, man, shit's really fucked. You know what? I'll let someone else handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not my problem. Yeah. So kind of the downfall of ECW ties into that is that, you know, the peak of ECW is about 1995 to 1997. So this arc is actually a bit before the peak, but I had a very specific reason why I wanted to go back this far. Did, was that a good decision? I still don't really know yet, but Austin, I made it, we so we're here. To, Austin, are we going to have to have another conversation about reaping and sowing? <laughs> no, I think I'm going to enjoy it. I'm still enjoying it. I'm just like, man, maybe I should have started a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Hit a bit more of the peak, make it a little more easier to see how it became a, a cult phenomenon in the wrestling fandom. Um, 
but the first problem, the no money problem, it's a big problem. You know, it the pro it's what you, it's a problem the way you think it's a problem, really. <laughs> really, I wouldn't have guessed. And basically, because of that, he had an extremely difficult time keeping his best wrestlers around because uh -huh. the second they got an offer from WCW and WWE and they did because they were both watching ECW quite carefully. They were basically EC. He had no ability to negotiate to keep them around, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which leads into, I think the other problem with how ECW didn't peak anymore is basically other guy. The other guys got good again. <laughs> like, yeah, the NWO happened and Paul Heyman goes, oh, fuck. Like, you've seen it. We watched the NWO in, in 1996 in WCW, and then the Attitude Era in 97 and 98 in WWE. Basically, ECW, they kind of emulated a lot of what ECW was doing at yeah. the time. And obviously made it a little, toned it a little bit more toned down. Yeah. ECW was very hard TVMA at its peak. Very much TVMA. Uh the but come the mess, dude. <laughs> yes, but basically WWF got hot. WCW got hot, doing a lot of the same stuff ECW was doing in their own way, and they had the bigger stars. And ECW couldn't afford to keep theirs, and so that's basically what killed their peak, and what eventually kind of led them to kind of just die out in '01, is when they went bankrupt officially. Oof. Big F in the chat. Huge Fs yeah. in the chat. Very, well, very big Fs in the chat, to be honest. Uh, go, go bankrupt and for your for your added context, then bought out by, by WWE because of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, WWE it's, eventually it's, got all their WWE assets. WWE bought out both of their big rival companies in the 90s. Goddamn. Yeah. It was they really said fuck you guys fucking in brutal. And made both of their and made both of their CEOs become on screen like general manager personas oh yep. boy which like that's such a it's still a power move that i can't fully wrap my brain mm -hmm. around i love it I, there's a deeper connection between wwf and ecw in the 90s that i will get to if we ever cover the arc the ecw invasion arc of raw and i think we will probably. at some point probably but i'll leave that for another day i love how so, there are multiple invasion arcs for the multiple companies that the multiple rival companies that wwf fucking bought yeah. out ecw i mean what was their appeal like what did they do i mean like what they they leaned into hardcore wrestling so mm -hmm. if you're squeamish about blood uh well uh, sorry yeah I'm, I'm i'm learning yeah personally i always say more blood for the blood gods oh uh. See, okay, if I if I may, th th this th this is I'll, 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 I'm gonna bookmark a thing and then return to it once you're done, kind of going over the whole appeal. One of the as as you as all of you well know, we have a um uh tradition of you know I I of trying to make the 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 guests on this show thematically relevant to this uh to to how uh it's to what we're covering. On a, on a on any given episode and this boy right here is very special in what he represents for for the theming of ecw so carry on and i will explain at the end of all this so i think we spent enough time going over an overview of ecw let's let's break down the storylines 
feuds, major players, all that stuff. Good chance. Mm -hmm. uh, as it turns out, we just finished. Uh, we are having the first episode of Hardcore TV after Heat Wave 1994. ECW was way too small time to be doing pay-per-views. But they still did regular super show events that are uh, function like pay-per-views. And fortunately, they were all put out on VHS. And so there's still video of it all. Oh, shit. So we can still watch all. I can still watch all that shit. You know? Nice. So I watched Heat Wave 94 in the three weeks leading up to it. So I'll go over the matches. And that kind of covers all the big points I need to hit. Nice. Uh, the first match of the card is the Bad Breed, Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten versus Hack Myers and Rockin' Rebel. Uh, the Bad Breed, I can't say anything about them. This is their first appearance on ECW that I've seen. Uh, I, they're just kind of hardcore dudes, you know, what do you want? Uh, Hack Myers is like a hobo, but he's also kind of like a heel for hire. He's been He's aligned himself with two different heel groups that uh, the Pitbulls, and the public enemy and i'll talk about both of them in more detail in a second hey nice. and then rock and rebel is just a dude a good looking healed cocky dude he he, he it was it was interesting uh the bad breed won that match uh nice. so the yeah, next yeah, the next match was Mikey Whipwreck versus Chad Austin for the ECW Television Championship. That's the TV title is their number two singles title. And boy, am I excited to talk about Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey Whipwreck is the king of the jobbers. This fucking dude. <laughs> he, he, has, he goes entire matches without hitting a single offensive move. What oh my god. Fuck? He comes out to loser by Beck. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? And he keeps surviving as TV champion through increasing amounts of luck and stupidity. <laughs> that is yeah, yeah. It's a fucking great concept. Yeah. Holy shit. And so that plays out on this show where he comes out, he fights Chad Austin, who is just a dude, a wrestler dude. He has no personality. I don't have anything to say about him. He fight, he wrestles the match. Chad Austin, with the help of his manager, Jason, just Jason, only that name, is Jason hands him brass knuckles and he hits Mikey Whipwreck with it. And he pins Mikey Whipwreck, one, two, three. And then Chad Austin, after the match, goes up to the referee and tells the referee that he used the brass knuckles. Why? The decision is reversed and Mikey wins by DQ. What the fuck? Why would you tell him that? I can't tell you. I watched it and I read a bunch of reviews of the show just to be like, was there some other context I'm missing here? And there's no context. Everyone's the only explanation they can give is Joey Styles, who's the commentator for ECW, was like, Chad Austin hates the fans so much, he didn't want to see, he didn't want to let him see a title change. What the fuck? That's the, that's the worst fucking spin I've ever heard. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Fuck the fans, they can keep their champion. Yeah. I'm they're they're baby face champion. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. 
at all, and it's stupid, but it continues to play into this notion of Mikey Whipwreck continues to be a TV champion through no fault of his own. So what I'm hearing is that Mikey Whipwreck actually has mind control power. I'm going to say aura. An aura. Yeah, an, an aura of confusion that fucking anyone within, anyone within 10 feet has to, has to make, a, make a wisdom save. Or else snitch on themselves for the dumb heel shit they did during the match. Yep. And tonight we'll be watching an ECW so television different. title match <laughs> as well between Mikey Whipwreck versus the Sandman. And who I have things to say about the Sandman. Uh-oh. We'll get Uh-oh. to it. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, no. The next match was Tommy Dreamer versus Stevie Richards. Hey! I, I don't have anything to say about Stevie Richards, but... Tommy Dreamer, he is kind of the face of ECW in in a grander scheme. But right now, he isn't, this is pre-crisis Tommy Dreamer. I'm going to probably use that term a few times. Uh, Pre-crisis, time to explain comic books, fellas. Okay, I was wondering, I was wondering if you meant that on a fucking I did. You goddamn DC nerd, and you blame me for this shit going off the rails. It is a good comic. It's a good yeah. comic. But I just need to point out that you and I are fucking equal players in derailing the hell out of this podcast half the time. I don't disagree. Thank, but thank you. so Christ, Crisis on Infinite Earths was an event comic in the 1980s celebrating the 50-year history of DC Comics. Um, it also served as a way to reboot the continuity of the DC Comics universe because the publishers at DC Comics were like, there's... 50 years worth of backstory now. That's a continuity lockout and a half. So what we're going to do is after this is over, we're just going to reboot everything. Start over. New continuity. All characters from this point on, all that's their storylines after post-crisis are all that matters. Mm-hmm. And they changed a lot of the characterization of characters and... That is the version of those characters that is usually emulated in adaptations. So mm-hmm. um, I casually use the term pre-crisis to refer to a verse to a character, basically a version of a character before they become their best self. Hey, that's valid. There are quite a few pre-crisis wrestler characters. Yep. And so Tommy yeah, Dreamer is in his pre-crisis wrestling phase. He is just a pretty boy New Yorker who the fans don't totally like because they see him as a pretty boy New Yorker. Mm. But don't worry, this arc will cover his character, his character growth into becoming the hardcore legend that everybody loves. So he beats Stevie Richards and then he gets an attack by Mr. Hughes and Shane Douglas. So Shane Douglas is the ECW world champion and he has a match later and he and Dreamer have had a long-term feud because uh, Shane Douglas helped Tommy Dreamer defend the ECW tag team titles when um, Tommy's partner was hurt. Except, ha asshole, I cost, Shane Douglas betrayed Tommy and cost him the titles instead. Because he's course, a giant asshole. As and you do. He has Shane Douglas, a, petty asshole. Petty asshole, indeed. Uh, so Shane and Shane has his bodyguard, Mr. Hughes, and they've been fucking with Dreamer for months. And so they come out and they fuck with Dreamer some more. Oh dear. <laughs> Mr. Hughes beats his ass. 
and in an unofficial match. And that is that. So, but tonight we are going to see Tommy Dreamer versus Shane Douglas for the ECW title. Ooh, okay. In another match on this show. Nice, nice. Uh, the next match was the Taz Maniac. Speaking of pre-crisis versions, have you ever wondered why Taz is named that? Oh, I, I mean, in the nebulous sense that I kind of wonder where any wrestler fucking gets their name from outside of complete arbitrariety. Because before he was Taz, the human suplex machine and leader of Team Taz, he was the Taz Maniac who dresses in a vaguely... It's what you think it is from the name, all right? Oh, boy. He's what? from the, he's from Tasmania, supposedly. Oh, oh God. Do, do we have any offensive accents to go along with this one? No. Nice! <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. Not this time. You know what? No. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. No, and but the, but he he does dress kind of goofy compared to what you probably think of him, and he is rest. He's been in a feud with the Pit Bulls, Pit Bull number one and Pit Bull number two, who are just these two badass dudes. And he was in it. He was supposed to have a tag match between them as with a mystery partner, and his partner was Sabu. Uh, Sabu the cousin of the sheik i believe uh he has a middle eastern aesthetic but he doesn't really play into that part what he plays into is being a goddamn maniac who does reckless stunts and it and hurts himself half the time because he does <laughs> reckless stupid stunts okay i'm excited you mentioned this guy to me over messenger i think is is the fact that he hurts himself kayfabe or not Yes, it is kayfabe that he his botch machinery is folded into his character. That he is okay. such just a wild daredevil. He doesn't give a shit if he actually does it right and ends up and ends up hurting himself. That just sounds like a masochist with extra steps. Yeah, I'm into he it. He is a bit. He he. His character is basically the same as it is now. He also Paul Heyman is his manager at this point hey. in time, and but he hasn't gotten his most famous. Uh, nickname that pretty much defines his character is he will become to be known as the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal maniac Sabu. Uh, you know, you had me until genocidal. I'm, so, I'm suddenly very concerned what country he wants to glass. <laughs> we don't know because he's too busy putting himself through tables. We don't know what he want, what his plans are. So I'm hearing Suicide Bomber. <laughs> He's playing 5D chess while we're playing checkers. Jesus yep. Christ. Yeah, basically, except, except is... the chess piece are all fucking exploding. Uh, you know, yep. He's problem. basically just insane. He literally <laughs> comes out to the ring on like a gurney strapped with a metal chain around him to kind of keep him restrained until they let him out for matches. <laughs> How badass. That's so badass. That is so 90s. I love so it. they did... The, the the Middle Eastern savage trope, except, like, not. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, Middle Eastern savage, but make him fucking, like, the demolition dude from the Muppets. Sure, sure. Anyway, Sabu and Taz won their match. Nice. And okay, next up, the Sandman versus Tommy Cairo. 
Okay. So, this was not a storyline that I intended. I, I, this arc is about the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer, and I didn't realize that I would be opening an entire can of worms that <laughs> of this Cairo Sandman story. So I will attempt to summarize it all. It dates back to February 94. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Ta the Sandman was in a match where he was accidentally temporarily blinded and then, but, and when his eyesight returned to him, he saw Tommy Cairo assisting his wife Peaches because he had asked, because Sandman had accidentally struck his wife while he was blind. And this led the Sandman to believe that his wife was cheating on him with Tommy Cairo. No. Not helping is Sandman's manager, woman. You know her woman what is she yes. doing here yes nance the, the woman nance then and nancy sullivan was the was a manager in ecw at the time specifically sandman's manager and the best that i can glean from reading about four different people's wikipedia pages about this storyline is that woman wanted Sandman to kind of fall into his worst habits of violence and cigarette smoking and alcoholism. And so she pushed this Pe Sandman into believing that Peaches was cheating on him. Peaches leading, would never. Leading to his famous line, life's a bitch and then you marry them. God fucking... Damn it! Oh, we ain't even got we ain't even got the half of it yet, David. You need to yeah. hold on. You know, I just want to point out this is made about ten times worse by the fact that woman is involved in all of this. Like, just just from a meta perspective, the yes, storyline angle about domestic abuse involving yeah. Nancy, the future Nancy Benoit. Yes, that is a that is a bit of a yikesy scenario, isn't it? Uh, this whole scenario is pretty age like for for your reference kyle woman is the is the name is is the ring name of woman by the name of nancy sullivan later nancy benoit uh wife of chris benoit who uh in the early 2000s very infamously committed a murder suicide against him his wife and his child uh oh. and wwe did like a tribute show to him um before, before they, they found the out that he details. murdered his family. Well, they knew the details, and then they found out the details and just blacklisted the very uh, the very concept of him ever existing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of killed her legacy, too. Like it's Yeah, so this wrapped up in has had to go down with the ship, uh, yeah. so to speak. But anyway, so... so, so okay, like Tommy, Cairo, Tommy Cairo has been alleged to have had sex with Peaches. But he didn't do it right, except he then insinuates that he actually has had sex with Peaches. Why? Why are so so? It's it's Sandman is a jealous asshole, but then is right? Question mark? Is this question a mark? Com? Like this seems like a wrong. <laughs> it's it's and so Much Sandman's response. Asking. Sandman's response to all this is that well, you've had sex with my wife, so. You owe me for that. And he puts the price tag at $25 a romp. 
and he has made it clear that Tommy Cairo needs to pay his bills. Wait. So this is turning into Sandman whoring out his wife for the low, low price of $25 a fuck? Yep. Are you... Are you, what, what, what is this storyline? What is the storyline? I told you we're a can of worms. <laughs> what a dumb can of what worms. The absolute, <laughs> what the absolute blind fuck? What people this? were into this? People watched yes. this? This was the 90s, dude. People didn't. People, people were so into this shit, especially I, when we brought in the canes. So let's. Oh boy, there's more. There is one more piece, important piece of evidence here. So. In 1994, if you know your uh, international incident history, uh, in 1994 was the year that Michael Fay, an American citizen, was sentenced to a caning as a public caning in Singapore as part of a, a part of breaking the law. Uh, this was a big news story because of a corporal punishment being given to an American citizen, and so Paul Heyman saw that and he realized that. That would be a great thing to add to ECW. So, Sandman's newest, Sandman's favorite weapon is a kendo stick, but it is called a Singapore cane. Oh my god. And the punishment for Tommy Cairo refusing to pay his bills is that Sandman is beating the ever-loving life out of him with a Singapore cane. And when Peaches has shown up to help Tommy Cairo out, she's also been beaten with the cane. (laughs) (laughs) Domestic violence, everybody. I, 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 look, I, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting from this era, I don't know why I always do this to myself where I think, oh, I'm not going to have to confront any dumb problematic shit as, as a major storyline in the next new thing we're doing. No, no way. Although I will say, I will say the really horrible fucked up silver lining of us doing the Katie Vick story is I'm now desensitized a little bit to like this yeah, level Yeah, Katie shit, Vick is way fucking to worse the point than where I'm shit. like, well, at least it's not Katie goddamn Vick. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know what you expected, David. When I sent you on Messenger, I, brought, I told you about when Paul Heyman cut a promo on TV talking about how the OJ Simpson trial is preempting his ECW show. And if he could, he would lock OJ Simpson in a cell and murder him so that ECW can stop getting preempted. <laughs> You know what, bro? He said it on air. What? What drugs? What drugs do you think he was doing? What drugs do you think probably? Heyman was Heyman was on something. Heyman was wild now. Uh (laughs) (laughs) This this fucking I. It's very funny to me too that Heyman was the type of person to like get in on all of this because that's so different from his WWE persona. Well, the, well it's it's because Paul Heyman has always said it's just a matter that for him it was a matter of like that's what the audience was looking for, and he's talked about like if ECW had lived past two thousand one, what would it have been like? And he's admitted that he would have gotten away from the hardcore stuff because that wouldn't have worked as well anymore. So. Paul Heyman being all in on this like edgy, grungy, offensive stuff was a hundred percent just like that's what was big in the night culture of the nineties. 
that's what the audience wants to see. Let's roll with it. I'm thinking the 90s were pretty cringe. I, really? You think? Well, you know, they, they didn't age well, no. <laughs> what, yeah, why is literally everything we cover out of the 90s just some of the most head-scratchingly baffling shit I've yeah, ever witnessed in my life? Counterculture, the man. Fuck the man. Yeah, because of the culture of the 90s and all the major w wrestling companies were leaning into that culture to their own benefit, to which I've... I've I have said before it was a good thing. Like props to him. That wrestling doesn't pull into pop culture often enough, in my in my view. No, I mean no. It, it is fair. I just find it so funny. That, like that's the extent they took it. Of like, uh, oh yeah, here's this giant like murder case celebrity thing that that's going to change the face of like how society responds to to like high profile legal cases let's just like casually make a joke about murdering its defendant on air because they preempted our fucking show oh well, he wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna be on air they weren't gonna murder him on air well okay he, oh, oh, made on air. oh i'm sorry I, for, I i i i i didn't mean to insinuate that Paul Heyman would would put forward something so Whoa. fucking tasteless on his show. Listen, listen, he only want listen. The farthest Heyman ever got is he wanted to televise a a simulation of a crucifixion. All right, he didn't want to actually murder somebody on TV. You no, know, I can actually get behind that. I'm starting to think he did want to murder somebody. He just kept saying, "Guys, guys, guys, it would just be cool if we just did this." Jk, Jk, Jk. Unless. <laughs> All three of us knew where that was going. Yes! We're so insane. Anyway, that yeah, that was the storyline that I was like, oh my god, this is what we're going to have a whole thing about. But anyway, Sandman versus Tommy Cairo in a dueling canes match where both of them got a cane, and then Sandman won. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Tommy Cairo. <laughs> well, and again, by cane, you mean, I just wanted to emphasize, you don't actually mean cane, you mean kendo stick yes they as far as i'm aware they never had like a legitimate actual cane <laughs> i love i love how kendo sticks are just like wrestling's go-to weapon for just long vaguely hitty thing why wouldn't they use a cane that's what i don't get yeah that seriously why why <laughs> the stick was easier to get i assume <laughs> also safer i believe probably well yeah Maybe. i guess well, I don't know. You can though kendo sticks can hit pretty fucking hard and do. They some can, but it's a lot easier for the kendo stick. It's a lot easier to get a loud noise without hitting very hard. Okay, that's fair. They do have all the the things to collect together. You know, it's a fair yeah. enough. Production value. Again, that's oh, why. That's oh, why. You know what? It might not have been in the budget. They couldn't. They couldn't steal a cane from somewhere like they could steal music. <laughs> but they, they certainly could couldn't get a cane from Singapore. That's that's they a lot of that's a lot of input. That's a lot of fees. <laughs> get that international. I could see Paul Heyman like just taking a single flight over to Singapore and just like just to get some canes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like he's just like normal, like fucking uh, passenger flight. He's he's in he's in coach and he's just sitting there and like checking his watch. And then he gets to Singapore and he's in, like super spy mode of like trying to break into people's houses, steal their disciplinary cane, and then packs them all in his fucking bag, heads back, sneaks them back through custom, and is back on the plane coach. Checking this the fuck, the this could to that could totally have happened, yeah. I could see that. He's a living cartoon character. 
Anyway, Sandman won again. So the next match was Shane Douglas versus Sabu for the ECW title. Ah. And through some ringside shenanigans, a.k.a. Sabu tried to put Shane Douglas through a table, and then Shane Douglas moved, so Sabu went through the table. Uh, hey, Sabu I'll was pounded out, and so Shane Douglas is still the champ. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see Shane it. Douglas oh. is a pe- Shane Douglas is a petty, cocky asshole. Also, he hates Ric Flair, and he's gonna and he's ha- always happy to tell you how much he hates Ric Flair. Man, maybe they should have got Shane Douglas on that fucking far side, uh, dark side of the ring episode instead of Tommy Goddamn. <laughs> he, he had just been shitting on Ric Flair the whole time. Yeah, that would have been that would have been great. It's better than it's better than Tommy Dreamer doing fucking rape apology on on Ric Flair's behalf. Okay, it's true. Uh, then after the match, nine one one comes out. Nine one one was another one of Paul Heyman's dudes, and he's just basically this big biker looking dude. And like people like to bring up nine one one when they talk about like Heyman's ability to make something out of nothing, because nine one one could he wrestle? No. Could he ca- could he play a character? No. Could he promo? No. But could he choke slam a motherfucker? Yes. He could. So you know what he did every time he came out? He choke slammed everyone in sight. And the crowd loved it. You get a choke slam. You get a choke slam. Everybody gets a choke slam. I can imagine. And in fact, that's what happened after the match. Nine on one came out and choke slammed everybody. Yeah, that's a, see, that's the yes! worst part. That's the worst part. We, you, Robbie, and I would watch that, and we would seal clap for it like bitches. Yeah, okay? I'd be like, yeah, do or, another or, one, or, do another or, or, one. Or, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, it would be so effective. I hate that. I hate yeah. that so much that it probably it, works. Yep, and then in our main event was, uh, and the reason it's, and there's a reason this is the main event. It's the Public Enemy, who are the ECW Tag Team Champions, versus the Funk Brothers, Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. Uh, they're Terry, Terry and Dory are basically like rest Texas wrestling legends. They are both NWA World Tag Team uh, World Heavyweight Champions. They are absolute. Top tier of the business. And by this point, they're a lot older, but they love doing the hard... They got really popular, had a kind of bit of a career renaissance doing this hardcore shit, especially Terry. Terry went over to Japan and did super dangerous matches, and it got him real over again. That's incredible. So another another post-crisis, pre-crisis wrestler. Yes, because, I mean, it's weird to think of a guy who was a world champion as the pre-crisis version of something, but, like, Terry Funk, as his reputation is, is being, like, the old grandpa who could still, like, beat the shit out of you in hardcore matches. So, like, yeah, a little bit post-crisis is old man Terry Funk, who's still, I think, wrestling, and he's, like, 70. Jesus. Terry Funk is 77, and he tech his last match was in 2017. But you know, you never know. <laughs> He's always ready to come out of retirement. He's and waiting for the call. He is. He wrestled. He was 73 years old. He's always ready to just get back in the ring. He's still just like, put me in, coach. I can do it. I love working. He's the, yeah. when he when he dies, it's gonna be like he'll he'll have just wrestled a match and and it, and he'll put he'll put over some promising new star and it's gonna be like the best fucking exhibition match you've ever seen and and it's gonna be like the ending of Black Swan where he falls to the mat, gets the one, two, three, whispers out, perfect as the light leaves his eyes. Yeah. 
And so the public enemy are basically two hip hop kind of dudes. Their names are Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, and whatever preconceptions you have about them based on those names is accurate. Um, Rocco, the Rock Ronson. <laughs> yep. And so me and David have been on the, they've been on this podcast before. Me and David saw them in WCW, and I shit it all over them. And I hate that I'm have to eat my words because in ECW where they're allowed to be like vicious killers, they all kind of kick ass along with being dork. These stupid dorky white dudes doing hip hop in '94. I love their names. I unironically love their names. So yeah, their names are so fucking. Dull. And the, this this match was the main event because it was a barbed wire match and a barbed oh, wire yeah, match. This- a barbed wire match is where they take down all the ring ropes and replace the ring ropes with barbed wire. Yeah, hey, remember how we like lost our mind for that one like little barbed wire? Yeah, when wire she just grabbed it and, the, and they immediately the, the were just like match. matches like over and they took it off her arm immediately. Damn, Hell we thought no. that was insane. We haven't even the, this, this match tag match ended when they wrapped Terry Funk's entire upper body in barbed wire, head included, and then beat him in the head with a trash can. And oh then they God. pinned him. That's insane. I love it. But That's don't worry, so the Funks got their heat back on this one because this match featured the first incidents of the chair riot where Terry Funk yelled at the crowd that he wants chairs and suddenly dozens <laughs> of audience members took their metal folding chairs and chucked them into the ring. <laughs> Bro, you said this you said this company was mostly in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, and I should say that the ECW fans are the closest thing wrestling has ever seen to a cult. Bro, it's Philadelphia. This is so on brand. They throw batteries at their own fucking football team. <laughs> In fact, there was even a moment where over the PA, you could hear someone saying that we have we're going to have to end the match immediately if you don't stop throwing chairs in the ring. <laughs> Bring me your chairs. Suddenly the skies blacked out as dozens of chairs our chairs will blot out the sun. After the match, the Funks beat up... After the match, the Funks beat up Public Enemy and then buried them in the chairs that the fans threw in the ring. <laughs> so, so after all this... What I'm hearing is that we need to, is that we need to get all of Bill's Mafia to, to sit down together to watch a wrestling show and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and then after... The after and also after the match, there was even a moment where someone had fucking bolt cutters in in the front row trying to cut the barbed wire off of Terry Funk. And they eventually had to take him to the back, covered in the barbed wire, to cut it off of him. Jesus. They were not nice about covering him in that. Holy shit. No. Uh, so that is where our story... Terry Funk's in a match on this episode, so we're going to see some of him in the after effects of this whole bit. Uh, so that is all the major storylines and players of ECW in 1994. Boy. If you want to watch along with us, you can do so on Peacock, WWE's uh, streaming service partner. They have all of the ECW library on there for $4.99 a month with ads, $9.99 a month without ads. 
except we will not be watching this episode on Peacock. We will not be watching any of our ECW episodes on Peacock because obviously that license, the music licensing thing, uh, WWE has replaced all of the music on those episodes with either stock music or WWE video um, music that they do own. Oh my and, fucking God. And you see any ECW fan I've ever talked to has talked about how it kind of removes it, how it kind of hurts the experience. So thank you, internet, uh, for the ECW restoration project, a collaborative effort to redub the original music of every ECW show in history. Now, I would not, me, encourage piracy on this show. I'm not telling you that if you we would Google not ECW, I'm not telling you that if you Google ECW redubs and you enter a Reddit for page that's a Reddit thread that asks up any updates on the ECW restoration project, and you look at the first comment that leads to a Google an Excel shot, a Google Doc that would then have all the links to every single episode of ECW available on either Mega. Uh, or on the uh, internet archive available for download at your convenience. I certainly would not be saying that, but I'm also not not saying that. So I I I would I would alleg allegedly you could Google this stuff, and allegedly you go to the first Reddit link. <laughs> yep. I personally would never download a Reddit, but but uh, I I don't know about you guys. I don't know about all you listening at home uh i am a good christian boy and would never tell you that that mm -hmm. piracy like this is incredibly based because fuck peacock and fuck the wwe and fuck their dumbass stock music no never hey, for this i would never say that creators <laughs> for this arc we will be watching the redubbed original versions of every episode of ECW with all of its original stolen music. I yes. am so because when you mentioned the music thing, I had a flashback to our fucking mystery box episode where what's his nuts came out and some shitty elevator music started playing because they redubbed that shit to be yeah. Not the, Ernest the Cat Miller had they redubbed his James Brown music. Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst thing. I am very glad we're not going to experience more of that. I we are watching to ECW in its purest form today. So come back where we will be watching uh, the July 19th, 1994 episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Yeah, baby. And we are back. We have just finished the July 19th, 1994 episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Jesus Christ. That was okay. We watched something. We watched something. We I did. Okay. So bring, bring it back to my bookmark for a second. There's always some way I try to justify having our guest stars on for one reason or other. And when I heard of ECW being the hardcore place i had a very specific image in mind um and that image was just 
blood and guts wrestling. Like, yeah, shit sorry, going... we're it's a little pre-crisis ECW a little bit. They haven't even changed their name to being Extreme yet. They're still ECW. Okay, well, no Extreme, no Extreme. Well, because here's the thing: this this distinguished gentleman right here uh, is very. Uh, he's he's not a, he's not exactly the most reactive or emotive human being in the universe. So I was interested in seeing. You know, if for my image of ECW, just seeing what could get him to pop. Because I will say, this man who does not exhibit emotion for a lot of things fucking pops for wrestling. And I was like, I want to see if how hard he'll go if this thing is going fucking hard. But this was not like anything I was expecting. Not like anything you were expecting either. So as is tradition on the show... What do you think? I mean, honestly, I was kind of into them just being assholes. I loved it. It was just like, yeah, fuck him up. Like, the ref had to stop the match. Holy shit, I love it. Yeah. This, this match, no, having watched three weeks of ECW already and seeing what these matches were, this episode went about exactly as I thought it would. This is In quality weird. and storyline. I have never felt more comfortable describing something as flatly weird. I didn't hate it. And I can see how it evolves into the thing that everybody loves. And, and the thing where Big Papa Pump's math lecture happens. But oh, that's TNA. Very different. That's thing. TNA. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Okay. Um, uh, never mind. But either way, how it fucking like. Just how it became, but it's not. It's not there yet. No, this is this is what this is what I was talking about when I was like, "Did I start too early?" And maybe, uh, but, but I didn't dislike it. I didn't dislike mm -hmm. it. There's definitely something there. There's something there. Yeah, they're capturing Genesequa. No, yeah, no. There is. There is. There's something. That you can tell they they they've got they've got a sense of how to just play into a crowd's most visceral feelings and kind of somewhat hide the fact that everything going on is almost completely incoherent. It looks like a recording of like when you were in a play in like fourth grade and your mom's taking like videotaping it with like a camcorder but like every so often she like looks away to like talk to someone and, and she comes back yeah. and all the sound equipment is jank as fuck because yeah. your elementary school is a zillion years old and they've never yeah. replaced anything any of the av equipment it's actually like just open. you guys shouting at this point yeah true is 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 presentationally it's a it's a mess it's what it's i it's fucking jank again i love it i don't hate it it's at the very least a fun uh deviation switch up in the formula from the much more polished company we type. watch too much polished wrestling around here honestly i feel like this is a more honest version you know what that might be what it is i feel and and you guys can weigh in if you guys can weigh in if if, if you if you think this is legit or not i think part of the appeal might be that like you have something like wwf in the 90s and new generation felt as we've talked about when we did that fucking art it felt so weird and i a lot of times couldn't place my finger on it but i think what a lot of that was was the fact that something about it looks grungy 
and and not fully there and half baked and but they're still trying really hard to be this very polished product that looks all bright and shiny but they're on low ass res chunky Mm -hmm. video screens that just don't project the image well and like it looks like they're trying to be like disney world tier polished but they just they can't pull it off because it's the it's the 90s and shit's grungy and and dirty and and kind of like in a transitional period of society and this feels like a more honest version of of that because it's just like yeah things kind of jank fuck you gonna do about yeah we out here wrestling we ain't we ain't video people we don't know that we wrestle we don't know about any of that yeah it doesn't feel like they're trying to be too sanitized in a way Mm -hmm. that's probably a cliche to say but i feel like that's a lot that has to be a lot of it right i see that that was a lot of the appeal i think is that Heyman was the unsanitized product that a lot of wrestling fans wanted in 94 when they were surrounded by very sanitized wrestling shows on TV. And it matches and it matches the medium and it matches the era far better than the sanitization we got from like new generation shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, shouts out to the VHS rip of this, keeping the local advertising. Yes, those were so Great. fucking iconic. I loved the goddamn popular science subscription ad, where it's like, yep. oh, VR. Oh, God, we're almost <laughs> having it. Yeah, we got the local jewelry store ad that is not a jewelry store. A jewelry store, but it's, store, jewelry store. But it's definitely a jewelry oh, store. What, what was its name? That's like the it was, it was just some dude's name. Store. It was just some dude's name, and that's what jewelry it, store it, it was the name of some dude who sounded rich, and that's and that's what makes it quintessential jewelry. But like they got this whole fucking like rows and rows of like jewelry, but it's not a jewelry store. Something better, and we get this fucking stock footage shot of a woman going shh. Like it's some like what it it's some and, secret. It's Look, some we got secret. tons of jewelry. No one knows this stuff. No. Good deal. <laughs> we're putting out there for everyone. We're 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 gonna we're putting out an advertisement that we have. No, it's not even the, we it's also not even don't want to tell anyone. We got all jewelry. It's not. It's not even a secret that they're selling jewelry. It's a big secret that they crack the code that they don't have to sell jewelry at a jewelry store. But then it still looks like it's a fucking jewelry store. What? I I, I desperately want to know more about this place, and I get the sense. I thought it was when you said that. I was like, "Oh shit!" I get the sense that we're gonna. I'm gonna be seeing these ads a lot. So next time it comes up, I'm gonna do some more investigative research into this place. You know, you know this. I I am I am disappointed that that Scott Steiner math was TNA and not ECW. So I wanted to make a joke about how many fucking numbers we saw on this screen tonight that was holy moly a lot of numbers there's so many the numbers mason what do they mean (laughs) and they spell disaster for you You. at heatwave 94 (laughs) we got we got like between like we got the ECW hotline so you get the scoops and the news you get the you get the ECW stars feelings uncensored. uncensored even though i guarantee this show itself is also fucking uncensored yeah it's How gonna get, get a lot more uncensored than this show 
Well, right now they're actually not. They've been actually been bleeping swear words Hold on, on the air. Oh. They're gonna stop that. <laughs> they didn't quite have sex. It was only a kiss. That's censored. Oh, That's true. Censored. This is oh, but even just a kiss was enough to make Tommy Dreamer from a boy into, into a man. Into a dream. We'll get to that. But oh, I counter these advertisements first. Is we got <laughs> the ads for ECW videotapes and merchandise. Uh. Two at two times they advertised the upcoming Montgomery, Pennsylvania farmers market show. Yes. <laughs> you go down anywhere in the market, it's all live. What I want falls count anywhere in a farmer's market. That'd be such a fucking good set piece. Yep. Yeah. Uh we had Yes! ECW we had the ECW chair kids charity fund for the variety club for uh, special needs kids. We got the Call now to get East, have ECW stars come to your ta- hometown. Joe, <laughs> go ahead. Go I ahead. just, I just think I can see where all the money was spent making these dumb cue cards and buying these phone numbers so that they could tell people to call. Yeah. Yep. Got to get like, in on that lucrative uh, hotline business. Yeah, we get the hotline and the dollars come rolling in. What's baby? that? Internet comes out in three years? Not even? Oh boy. Oh boy, the internet's about to ruin hotlines like, forever. Like, like Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, I, I just imagine, he had this like perfect kingdom laid out in front of him. He'd figured out all the formulas, man. And then and then the great march of progress went on a little too far without him. And 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 he looketh upon what he hath wrought, and he saw that it was inadequate. Because like seriously, he's got he's like, oh man, I get these hotlines set up. The dollar's going to come rolling in. And, and then fucking internet comes along, kills the shit out of hotlines. Um, He's like, oh man, I got all this badass, grunge, edgy shit. Nothing's going to, you want a war? You got one. Well, shit. God damn it. Yeah. yeah God, God, uh, <laughs> this whole's like, this whole, it's like, it's like fucking D from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just with every time that, that, uh anything caught up to, to to any of the like little dominoes that he had set up at this point says god damn it oh god damn it yeah i'm, I'm sad we didn't hear from paulie dangerously tonight he wasn't on the show he still and he's been on the show pretty name? regularly yeah they what? were talking shit about him at one point oh my god yeah I they, didn't he still goes by the name paulie dangerously on air yes so fucking stupid sounds like a uh uh, Jersey Shore character. I too like to live poorly, dangerously. I I'm pretty oh. sure he stole that from I think Johnny Dangerously. Let me let me confirm that. Johnny Johnny da- Dangerously, think- a 1984 crime comedy film and a parody of crime gangster movies. Yep, he took it from the movie Johnny Dangerously. You know, he put his I'm own really name in there the to be feeling- Paul E. Dangerously. I'm really starting to get the feeling that. Paul Heyman is secretly a neurodivergence brother, and this fucking this this whole promotion was just an excuse for him to like platform all of his special interests, hmm. pop culture wise. Because well, like, I would to, do that. Let's get I, to the show, which we have not been avoiding. I just wanted to get the ad stuff out of the way, so I don't have to remember when it had what I, happened. I in didn't the show. need to like wrap my head around all of this. What the fuck? I'm still processing so this. There was so much. So to much, and it's so little. Yeah, there was. It's so much you told me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
we we yeah we opened with a very with a long video package detailing the history of shane douglas versus tommy dreamer uh yeah long and filled with shots of just one big wrestler blob yeah they just, yeah they they like don't they they don't quite have this editing thing down all the way so like they'll just they just play full segments of stuff and don't cut it down don't they really don't and it's just like for some reason every single fucking wrestler on that roster piled into the ring all going at each other in some like makeshift mosh pit it's like calling everybody why are why are we doing this i don't know how to tease the audience gotta leave them leave them want more want more <laughs> literally there's nothing more for them to want that was every single wrestler yeah that was all of them what do you want they just got uh, they just got all of their, Hogan. they got all of the possible matchups they could ever have it with that current roster right there. Yeah. So then we get the ECW intro, which uh paying dividends on the music stuff. Yeah. Because they come out, the ECW intro is played to the instrumental of Sad But True by Metallica. And according to Shazam, it is the live cut of that song as well. Fitting. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, then... We open with the first match, the W, the ECW TV title match. Uh, Tom, it's the Sandman versus Mikey Whipwreck. The Sandman yeah, comes out, out to Big Shot by Billy Joel. Shout, shout out to the single kid in the front row who's fucking chanting Sandman sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot guy. to mention, the reason he's called the Sandman is before he became this, like, alcoholic dad-looking <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> His gimmick, he had a surfer gimmick. That's why he was called the Sandman. I thought it was and then after he stopped doing that, they just kept the name. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like he puts you to sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'd be badass. Oh my no. god, it's so not edgy to just be like, surfing oh, is badass. Bruh, I and, love I love how much of a goober uh whipwreck would like. <laughs> like did you see him? He was was like, that a D and D shirt? That looked like a D and D shirt. What? The the uh the Whip, yeah, Whipwreck's shirt is like had like a fucking dragon on it. It looked like the D and D dragon. No, he's right. I didn't see that, but like maybe he, because uh, Whipwreck Whipwreck comes out in looking like a complete goober, coming out the loser by Beck, as I mentioned at the, in the first yeah. half. Uh, looking like he doesn't want to be here, <laughs> and I get it because he literally like, just shows like up to get his ass kicked. You look like he actually did have a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought I thought for some reason, like, dude was going to play up the King of the Jobbers thing. Like, he was going to be, like, some cocky motherfucker who's like, No, yeah. he recognizes that he sucks. <laughs> he can get beat up. He doesn't want to get beat up. He does not lean in. He he wants to lean out, if anything. He's like, please, yeah, he's no, like, please. God. Mercy. Can somebody beat me for this title so I can stop having to come to work here? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to my day job, please. I want to imagine, yeah, that, that he was like just some fucking random office worker, freshly graduated from college, but like, and he had to go to some function that was that was at like a warehouse or convention center or something, and he just like got direction, has got his directions wrong and wandered into the wrong one, and like mm. he fucking walks in his suit and tie, like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Get out there, you're on next. And he's like, what? And they just gonna like pull the shirt and tie off him and strip him down like his underwear or some shit. And, and he's just, just and, and this bit's just kept going on 
Yeah, he yeah, really and, he, and he never really had the courage. I, you know, I feel all of a sudden a connection to him as my as as the paragon of uh of my newest social uh social anxiety millennial king icon. I actually really <laughs> like the thought of a champion being like, "I don't want to be here. Stop it, please. I don't want to be here." It is a really cool concept. I love this concept, dude. Just That's gonna, so yeah. fucking genius and no one can ever do that again because like once you do it once it feels so fucking cheap to ever do it again yeah so this match is basically sandman uh kicking uh um uh whipwreck's ass uh yeah alcohol sandman's limited athleticism was very much on display (laughs) yeah this dude does not move walk around it's 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 very it's very old hat to talk about how the sandman sucks as a wrestler those alcoholic dad vibes how's he gonna is he gonna fight when he's all when he's all boozed up i say can't i'm gonna beat you son the the second a kendo stick comes out of his hands yeah it's all downhill from here it's all downhill i love i just to just to point it out, I love how, like, after we got back from the commercial break, like, after all the beatings and whatnot, yeah. uh, it showed us the beatings again for, like, another two minutes. But There's only like, hey, the beating, But only the caning stuff. Only not the caning. Only the- oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, so we get, like, a... You know, when you call this a mash, I feel like, again, that's kind of a generous term. What... This was five, this was five minutes of, like of Sandman doing the abusive dad stick and then the kendo sticks came out and then it was just whack. Yeah. I will say before we move on to like how the match ends, I want to point out for people who don't know what the Sandman looks like dude come wears in the ring, like an oversized t-shirt and like baggy pajama pants. He, and he and has tennis a dad shoes. He really does have a dad. Bod. He looks like a dad anyway. So the whole time woman is here care holding the kendo stick outside and at one point he throws samantha's whipwreck out of the ring and woman is just kind of standing over and thinking about hitting him with this stick but joey styles plays it off like she decided even whipwreck's not worth it he's such a loser that it's not even worth cheating to help to help sandman with this guy but in the process of of whipwreck trying to stand up he bumps lightly into woman. It cannot be emphasized enough how little he actually touches her. <laughs> but she flips out and drops the stick. And Sandman just comes barreling in at that point. So so abusive, codependent dad and mom. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 But as he, you don't he, touch he a woman. It, is he's you're not gonna touch woman and from there he beats on him some more and then he starts breaking out his kendo stick singapore cane excuse me and from there the match ends in a dq but i don't think anyone cares because the the beatings will commence (laughs) <laughs> beatings will come in and they can beat everyone and uh, yeah everyone and a that whole bunch of fat. people just come in trying to fucking defend whipwrecks all honor. the scrubs coming to help whipwreck just get, get their shit pushed in yeah and there was a lot of them there was a the, lot of the them. first guy that came out i have no fucking deal the first guy who comes out he fucking rolls into the ring okay he jumps into the ring gets whacked once with a kendo stick <laughs> fucking falls belly to the mat and then just kind of like just 
flops out of the ring. Never to be seen again. It's just he just slides head first slowly out of the ring. It was so fuck this whole all all of the cells in this were what? Because Whipwreck's doing some weird like flopping fish cell, you know, classic. We've seen it before. Yeah. Of like he drops and then just goes. Yeah, but 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 it wasn't that smooth. It was like he did it a couple times and he stopped. He's like, oh, I should keep doing it. Did it a couple more times. <laughs> I should <Stop>. keep going. <laughs> did it one more time. It was just like, are they over me yet? Okay, one more time. Okay, <laughs> just for safe measure. Yeah, woman is still kind of kicking me. Yeah. yeah, just again, drop on the deck and flop like a fish. Um, but th- this is absolute madness. And I real we we talk we talk sometimes on this show about about the role that that commentary plays in 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 matches and Ooh. in shows and how important they are to man commentary is doing their absolute best to make heads and tails of any of this and i got to give the guy credit that while not the spins weren't all incredible spins at least he was able to come up with some form of a spin for even the dumbest shit Joey Styles running solo commentary as he would pretty much the entire time for ECW doing solo commentary. He's giving it his all out there. He was trying. Mm -hmm. He's really trying. Like, goddamn. But after after they ran out of jobbers to hit to send the Sandman's way, out comes Tommy Dreamer. And Mm. Tommy Dreamer is able to fight back from from the Sandman. And eventually what happens is woman comes to grab the stick and she whacks Tommy Dreamer with the stick, but then she also hits Sandman in the face. So Sandman's kind of out of it for a second. Long enough for this bit. So Tommy Dreamer, he turns around and he grabs woman. Oh no, well first he points at woman and he goes like a you and then woman slaps him a bunch. Like yeah, it's not just one. She's like whack, 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 whack. And so Dreamer grabs woman and threatens to hit her and the crowd would have adored that to be chanting for it they they probably would have chanted like slut or something they they were literally chanting for him to do it yeah i I somehow don't think this crowd respect woman no they don't uh but tommy dreamer is nothing if not a baby face so he doesn't hit woman instead he uh, he takes her down and kisses her forcefully instead. <laughs> he wouldn't hit a woman. He'd just sexually assault her. Hey-o! A baby face move until... 2020! Yeah. <laughs> the most recent time I've seen that done. Oh, boy. I hate that. Yep. Wrestling so, respect Yeah. So after that, that, piss, that Sandman sees this and will nobody touches woman <laughs> and he just goes yeah he white he white knighted real hard dude yeah yeah uh he, we did get he did get another dig at his wife where in between beating tommy dreamer to death with a kit with a with a singapore cane he gets a microphone and says if you wanted to touch a woman you should have just talked to my wife and then proceeded to beat him some more. Bro, I loved how I loved how he did so much shit with the kendo stick. Like it was cracking it. Like it was in it two was. weeks. That, one end. that is not the dig you think it is. 
Well, no, David, it's all part, again, he's calling his wife a whore. That's what, that's been a consistent part of his character at this point. But he's the reason she's a whore. He's the one whoring her out. He he's literally, a he's a pimp. he literally oh, yeah. has a cuck he fetish. Pimping, he's, pimping his own, he's pimping his own wife. He has a cuck fetish and he's just, he's just. Like, okay, I ain't gonna kink shame. And, like, if you're into that, cool. But I don't like, think he's into cucking. I think he just thinks that, you know, might as well make some money on the side. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like. OnlyFans before OnlyFans. If you. Only Sandman's wife. Hey. <laughs> no, but, like, like. Because he says it with the intonation of like of like, of like of like what sh- <laughs> the hotline the hotline, hotline to fuck his God, wife hotline. For, the, <laughs> for the low low price of twenty five dollars, you two can fuck his hot wife. <laughs> they had the numbers. Sandman needed the Sandman hotline, and they spell fucking his wife. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> this sound if only if only Paul Heyman had ever thought of that idea. <laughs> he fin- he had his money maker. He finally had a way for the company to make money. Prostitution. I wonder. That would be such a good gimmick though. Like you already said, may as well make some money. It'd be hilarious just to have some pre-recorded lines for you to like call and pay like 20 bucks for. Look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying those big beefy boys would make for a solid roster of a male escort <laughs> Not these, not the ECW boys, I don't think. I some of them are good looking enough. are into that Sandman body. Look, I'm not. Look, look, I... I would I would let whip wreck me any day. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Boo. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, at the very least, at the very least, some low end male strippers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, back on back on on topic. What topic? Uh this, this fucking episode didn't have a topic. Get beaten senseless. Sure, close enough, game. I guess. Uh, so that is the end of that. Basically, they kind of just go to commercial. <laughs> also, okay, one more thing I want to point out is like, it's like, it's like they 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 play this like you know Tommy's had some some sexual tear experience here, and then woman fucking leans in the corner and lights up a cigarette as if she's feeling that like post nut clarity. <laughs> yeah, she even like plays it off the Sandman, kind of like. Ooh, he yeah. got something. He got he, something. He yeah. got a little bit of something. She does. Yeah, yeah. You know what? She did. I didn't think of that. I just kind of took like, it as like Sandman and woman are always smoking cigs. But I yeah, good good call. That well, that know. looks like you know in the old movies where you have the where you have the scene of yeah like, yeah 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 yeah. I know. Wait, the yeah. way she was blowing the smoke, she wasn't just like breathing out. She was going like yeah yeah. That is that is the smoke. that is the post nut smoke. Okay. Well, we'll we'll catch up with them in a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually think that is after, right after they show the replay out of commercial of the, yeah, they go yeah, straight yeah. They the go straight to the promo because this fucking the it's promo bad. cutting is is it's it's out of control. It. I think. I think. I don't think it gets out of control until a certain promo. <laughs> but 
it's already a little, a little like, what are we doing? So I don't want to mock them for their production quality because they didn't have that much. And it was the 90s. But still, like, holy shit, you shouldn't be cutting this much between things, guys. Commercial, straight into a promo. Like, I'm just. The, the promo, like these promos, go, they, there are only three matches on this show. And none of them are particularly long. There's so much filler. I was not expecting this much filler. And they couldn't make money. I don't understand. With that many commercials, how are you not making money? It's simple math. To be fair, most of it was them hawking their own shit. (laughs) Well, some idiot had to buy their two real ads in that. There were two out third party ads on that in that hour. Hey, was, hey! Wait, what was the second one? I only know the that jewelry. Fucking one. Oh, the, science in the, the jewelry store. The fucking jewelry store and modern science. God. High rollers in the in the ad space. Hey, industry, hey! They were charging. Okay? They were charging thirteen ninety five for a whole year subscription. That's some pretty money. That can can you imagine what that would translate to an ad time? Oh God! That'd be like a buck. <laughs> That'd be like one whole dollar. One All whole three dollar. people who see this it's, might buy one of those. It's the fucking, oh yeah, this is doing numbers meme, but with yeah. Paul Heyman looking at his residual checks from popular science for five goddamn dollars. <laughs> and this is doing numbers. It's what's his face be? Oh yeah. It's all coming together. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Okay. the fucking crunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. But uh, so the Sandman and woman get the promo and woman is leaning hard into the idea that Tommy Dreamer is a a virgin. <laughs> and On this TV, is the first please. time this is the first time he's ever kissed a woman. I, too, am a fan of Hocus Pocus. It was also <laughs> and really so by the time she got to that, by the time she was leaning to that, Sandman had finished up with his little like part of it and he like did like kendo stick thing and just froze there and then they like zoom past him but he was still there and he has the same expression on his face and and he has the scowl he ends his bit with a scowl on his face and he's like ha and like they they pan away from and woman does her bit and then it pans back once woman's on talking and he's still doing the fucking face my man was committed dude turned into a wax statue Sandman was taking this attitude of like, I was going to have a really nice quiet night. And then you touched woman. Now I have to talk to her and go out to dinner or something before I was just going to drive a beer and sit in my chair. I don't understand the logic here. I just want to add, why does Tommy Dreamer sexually assaulting woman means he's got to, mean Sandman's got to take her for a night on the town. Got to get that, that coitus out of her mouth. How? Sure. By doing what? I don't know. Kissing her on the night after a night out of town. I guess. Tom, I'm wait, to reasons, man. I'm not Sandman is very big into revenge-based plots here. <laughs> but the revenge is, God damn it! You made me take this person out to dinner. He seemed really indignant about that fact. I'm gonna get you like this. Like this is a minor inconvenience, and he wants to blood sport someone over it. That sounds about right. It's the actually rumor humor. Don't you hate your woman? I I I do hate my woman. <laughs> I do. 
I yeah. Oh, oh no. I I don't want to. I was gonna make a joke about how far that shit goes, but then I remembered that it's a woman I'm talking about, and I suddenly don't want to make that joke anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think you want to think. I don't think you want to go any deeper on that one. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, yeah. No. So we get out of that one, and then it was Cactus Jack was next, right? Oh, uh, let me see. Let me see. I didn't write down this. I, time. I didn't um, write them all down in order. This time. Uh, ECW uncensored hotline. Motherfucker, there's so many phone numbers. <laughs> um, no, it was it was uh, Kyle Shiro versus versus uh, uh, Terry Funk. Oh, did that happen before all these these big long string of promos? Anything about Cactus? Okay. Yeah, I did. Oh, oh yeah, you did. I put yeah, his okay. real. I put okay. his real name, Kyle. I'm, in oh, insider, I'm sorry. Insider lingo. Insider information. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, then, dude, yeah, uh, we have Terry Funk versus Kyle Shearer, who didn't even get an entrance. So you know, sure, he's gonna do great. I mean, he did. He did put up a bit of a fight at certain Was points. Yeah, they. I think they played off that like his arm is still injured from the barbed wire match, Maybe. and that gave him yeah. opportunities. Yeah, but, also, they keep talking about how he has, like, a famous twin brother or something. Uh, Ken yeah. Shiro, Shiro, I think is what they said his name I was. I think Keith Shiro was what it was. I, something like it that. It was something with a K. Why would you name both your twins start names starting with a K? That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. That's, you, that's you very only, as, as we know, Kyle, you only name one of the twins with a K, and that's the one that goes on to be the fail son. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the match was. Hey, now hold on a minute. We're not, we're not gonna name any names, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 worst twin. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, we're so proud of you. We're Oops, so wrong proud. child. <laughs> we're so proud Sorry. of you. Oops, you're not a person anymore. Okay, okay, this is really off topic, but. This motherfucker got his fucking social security and birth certificate lost. By my parents. By his parents. Only mine, which I haven't I haven't asked for in over like six or seven years. But everyone That's else, those things have come in and out of the safe at my parents' house. They still have all that. Yeah, and he has he has a twin. He has a twin who does not look remotely like him. And there's this time where his mom fucking texts. And it goes, we're so proud of you, and then follows it up with, oops, wrong child. The K-name twins. You guys got it bad, man. Incredible. It's brutal sometimes. Maybe this is it's, why I like the grunge. It's, it's like, yeah, get the revenge. It's the fa- get them back. It's the fa- Kyle, Kyle doesn't look anything like his twin, and his parents are immensely disappointed in that. <laughs> Damn, it hurts when you when you speak the truth. That's why they tried to delete you. They tried to Matt Hardy you. Delete. Yeah. Yeah. How does? How, did, did you feel a kinship with Kyle Shiro? Uh, no. I thought he was okay. I thought he was a goober, but I loved how every time he got a he like got a hit in his tummy jiggled. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't keep my eyes off it, man. I it couldn't was mesmerizing. Stop it. it was fucking mesmerizing. Holy shit! Well, it's the little things. It's the little things. We're simple people, man. I, I see something that made me giggle, and I like. 
<laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Okay, anyway. Oh my god. Yeah. Huh, eventually ta- eventually Terry Funk starts hitting him with a chair a chair a couple of times and then he hits him with the the dreaded toe lock and uh, he gets the win. Yeah, I don't understand why it's called a toe lock when you're just grabbing the entire foot. The toe is not important. I don't think you understand the mechanics here. Okay. Yeah, he had a grab the toe, and he locked it. And he locked and he it. Locked How did he lock it, Kyle? Well, you see, I'm not a professional wrestler, so I can't like dive. Belt. He yelled. He yelled. You don't even know the technical details. Yeah, I can just. You just know it when you see it, and I know what I saw, and that was a toe. Yeah. Lock. It was. It was. It was some locked fucking <laughs> it toes. Was some locked toes. Some goddamn locked <laughs> toes. No, no he just grabbed the dude's foot and like spun his his leg around. Like what the fuck? Yeah. yeah wait, isn't that just a sharpshooter? What? It's a sharpshooter, but only halfway there. Oh, okay, fair enough. You just gotta stop in the middle. And the man, uh, he immediately tapped out. He's like, "No, no, 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 not my toes." Yeah, I mean, it worked, and so Terry Funk got the win. Woo, but he do, but he do. Yeah, it was kind of not that interesting of a match overall. No, it wasn't. The the most interesting part was when they actually let Kyle Shiro get like bumps in on Terry Funk because I just kind of expected him to get tossed around the entire time. No, he's not Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, but so it was, it was, it was, I, uh, it was technically yeah. Oh, but no, no, I do. Okay. Two things. If we're talking about commentary, there are two things that, that were said during this match that I really need to point out. One was some comment about, that's what I love about ECW crowd. You can just express your opinion, whenever it is. Oh. And I'm just thinking as a, Opposed to what? Do other wrestling crowds not grant you freedom of speech? It's all do you, scripted. Do you go to a fucking WWF, uh, <laughs> WWF episode, and you're standing there and you're like, "Hey, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm super feeling this bad." And the fucking like security comes over and leans over you and is like, "The fuck did you just say, you little punk?" And you're like, <laughs> I, "I, I, I love that." And they just grab you by the shoulders and, and they leave. Right and they're like, "Good, yeah, that's what I thought you said." You don't have uh, freedom of speech. I don't think you understand. That's all fake pansy shit. This is real. This is hardcore. This is the real. You can't, you can't make hardcore. a sign that says OJ that bum in the front ass row, which that pulls up later. Why? I I I love the fact that like there have been multiple instances in pro wrestling, somewhat well known, of like OJ being used for heat. Like why? What? Pop culture. Oh yeah. Also, I forgot about also one. motherfucker, sorry. motherfucker does a. I've just been handed this note spot. Like the most. Oh yeah, he's, he's talking about the ring. At this point, he's talking like about the info. ringside doctor has has uh, the ringside doctor has uh, diagnosed Tommy Dreamer with a concussion. Is diagnosed Tommy Dreamer with with with. He's probably fine. Just banged up a little. We don't actually know what that was. I mean, bang. I mean, he's probably fine. Just banged up a little. Was the 1994 understanding of what concussions were? Oh, I did. At this point in time, I did appreciate the commentary when he was like, "He can't even really understand where he is. Like, oh, he's bumbling around. Can he even make it to the ring?" Yeah. About three minutes into the next match, I was over it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Terry Funk wins, and then after that, we get a video package and promo from Cactus Jack. 
Yes! Uh, My boy is here! My good, good boy Mick Foley is here! For some context, at this point in time, Cactus Jack was employed by WCW, and he had appeared, he got the ability to appear on the ECW show to fat wrestle Sabu, who then beat him. And this whole promo is about that. And I, I appreciate it because they've been like, they've been like hyping up this Mick Foley promo for weeks. Like I've heard the line about um, mirror, mirror on the wall. I've heard that for four fucking weeks. And this is the first time they've shown the entire promo. So thank you. Why were um, they teasing a promo after this match already? Cause happened? they were just hyping up. Oh my God. Uh, Cactus Jack, he wrestled Sabu at our last show, you know, by the VHS tape. Was he gonna wrestle anymore? Yes, he is still gonna be around ECW going forward. Oh when shit! He, he challenged oh, someone. Oh he? yeah. He challenged the punk. Did he challenge the punk boys or something? He challenged Sabu again, but this time with oh. extra murdery. With extra. Uh, is he is he so doing he, the is he doing the three personalities thing at this point? No, at this point in time, okay. it's just Cactus Jack, who is just uh, a lunatic. Who is a yeah. he is a lunatic and a sadist. He loves feeling pain he says it in his promo that he is addicted to pain and he came to ecw for another fix he came for the pain uh yeah yeah, uh masochist i think you mean but yes um yes sorry matt he's a masochist and a lunatic you're fine fine. yeah no i mean he probably is a little bit of a sadist too he's 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 got both he's a switch he he loves feeling pain a lot more than he loves dishing it out that's that's fair. Yeah, um, I'm all high on the world of pain, and I need a fix. Yeah, that's are it. You, this this okay? Are just all promos in ECW unhinged rants? Because that's kind of what it feels. Yeah, like. they were like, "You guys can do whatever you want," and they're like unhinged rants. We and they that. they sure listen to that. The way yeah. he went Cac- almost crying, like literally his voice was like cracking, like about to cry. <sighs> I didn't come out here to cry. I'm going to fuck you up. I just yeah. need the pain. <laughs> just, it like got me. Jack, Jack He's so good. Jack. Mick Foley. That's, that's, uh, that's the dude who voiced uh, the boulder in Avatar The Last Oh, Avatar. really? Yep. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, The boulder. The yeah. boulder. Yeah, that's Mick Foley. Jack, He's fucking awesome. He's my favorite. I can't raise my shoulder up, but that's okay. I can't do it. Great. I also, it's hard to get that inflection. Yeah. Also, I really it. need. I need to shout. I need to shout out my boy and his brilliant, not only elocution abilities, but but his wit. Mm-hmm. He 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 put forth. He he put forth a, a series of of statements of ultimatums or something like that that Sabu had proposed to him, and. These were these were some some tough some tough callouts some tough accusations some tough things to respond to and my man c- c- had the most brilliant witty response I it almost brought me to tears the the just just two simple words a bang bang <laughs> that's his catchphrase is bang bang yeah okay so the, a quick sum of what he's saying is that he's talking about how he comes to ECW. And he realizes that he isn't the most sadistic, pain-loving son of a bitch anymore. That there are people here who are even crazier than he is. And he's he looks Him. in the mirror. Tell me who's the 
who is the most unhinged of it all, and it's not me anymore. And so now he is determined. He is he's he's getting the, he's on a diet, and he's coming back fiercer than ever. And he wants another shot at Sabu, but they yeah. won't sanction it. You know, quick sidebar. I feel like if he's talking to mirrors and the mirrors are talking back, I don't know if I don't know if the I'm not the most unhinged one here is actually true. No, actually, what I got from it is that in the ECW universe, uh, the mirror mirror on the wall is a real thing. <laughs> that could be. That could be. That could I be could it see as it. well. Dude, there's some weird shit that that exists supposedly for real in, in a bunch of different wrestling worlds. So, yeah. so, so I mean. That's and then the, the ultimatum that that um the stuff that David was talking about the bang bang is that he was talking about how like they told him no they're not going to sanction another match between Sabu and Cactus Jack but he's been told no his whole career and that they told me that I was too fat to be a wrestler bang bang and they told me <laughs> you're too ugly to be a pro wrestler bang bang. <laughs> tell me we can't have another match big bang I, I honestly think his promo is the best part of the whole show. oh easily oh, yeah, oh, again the there's highlight. a reason Mick Foley is my good good boy Mick Foley Absolute is, is the best and, and I am going to every time some I, I am faced with it with a challenging thing to respond to I of course need to respond with a big bang so he wants more of Sabu and he will be back and he will continue to be a presence on ECW for the coming time period, the coming time. Hey Kyle, hey Kyle tell me it's trash night. It's trash night. Bang, bang! <laughs> bang, bang! Uh, then we had, a, we had, we got a promo from the public enemy was next. I know that much. Which, Okay. <laughs> This is the this is what I like to refer to as the too many slices promo. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Oh, I forgot slices. some music. I for, I forgot some music notes. Is that uh the promo between the woman and um the woman and Sandman promo had Let Love Rule by Lenny Kravitz playing <laughs> the whole time. And um, the public enemy promo has slam by Onyx playing the entire time. <laughs> but okay. Well, I certainly wanted to slam my head into a wall, so every, I feel somewhat right. appropriate. Every time it came back to the promo, I wanted to kill myself. It, it, it kept, you kept thinking it was going to be over. There was a llama. Was that when the llama came out? Yeah, that was when the llama and came out. And then they just came back to the promo. Yeah, okay. So the whole promo is kind of them talking up their tag team title reign and talking about all the teams they've beaten. And they just kind of are, they were given way too much fucking time to ramble about this because they do. In fact, they have so much time to ramble, they repeat themselves. They run down their list of people they've beaten twice. They start the promo talking about everybody they've beaten. They cut to we cut to a video montage of everybody they've beaten. Then we come back and they name drop everybody they've beaten again. So I have a question. Maybe I maybe I missed something. Maybe I didn't understand something. Why the first time they were in the promo? Why were they like facing each other, but the camera was like behind the one dude? That was just <laughs> a creative choice. <laughs> Cinematography, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> What do I know? What God. 
Yeah. You're supposed to know this shit. I I spent the first half saying I kind of like them, and then they do this shit. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I was into the first part. I was into it. I and was, then it kept going. What were their, What were those personalities? I thought they were doing that as a bit at first, but then they just kept fucking talking like that. They, I don't <laughs> know, man. They just, it's their say serious voice and non-serious voice. They also, in between repeating themselves, have time to like, shouts out Shane Douglas, shouts out Sandman, shouts out Woman. Uh, there's also, they have a sidebar where they talk about peaches and they're like, Hey, you know, you know, both of us for 20 bucks, you know, we can get together to two of us and one of her. And then, and then they had like that moment where she's like, Oh, it's on camera. Uh, And they like moved (laughs) on. It was the, I'll be honest. I kind of tuned out for that, for that entire promo. Cause I was just like. I was just so like zooted in this realm of what is happening. God, if I was it, on I drama, mean, it was, I was watching that. It was absolutely so... a pro- like they talked for ten minutes about nothing. Yeah, and it they ended off with just being like, "Yeah, we're the public enemy. We're gonna kill anyone that tries to beat us." Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, they become they <laughs> became Grace they brother. Became, you could understand them at the end. They just changed their voices. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was so weird. I don't. So I can't. I was very sad that I hyped up the public enemy as being not shit, and then they are shit. Uh, yeah, I think they just had too much time. They didn't know what to do. I'm a press. They did. Uh, they did. That was poor. Too much time to fill. They just kept going. They could have given Sandman some more time on his promo. Like, come on. <laughs> that guy pull, needed. Pull it. out, pull out Sandman. Uh, and and he's still fucking doing the scowl face. He's still frozen. I would have loved that. I would have. <laughs> nah, that this company's not nearly self-aware enough for that. I or wish he's sitting, so. Or he's sitting outside the medical tent, you know, or wherever Tommy is, uh, with just the waiting fucking to fucking cane. jump him. Yeah, yeah, just waiting there. Yeah, I would have loved I'm that. Get him. Get him. <laughs> uh, so then we get a promo from Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes because Shane Douglas and Tommy Dreamer are going to have a title match in the main event, and. Shane Douglas makes fun of Tommy Dreamer for getting in uh, Sandman's business and then getting himself injured. And then Shane Douglas does his usual Shane Douglas talks himself up shtick. And he calls out the world champions of the of WCW and the WWF, which is Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. And he, this is classic Shane Douglas to be like, <laughs> is they call themselves the world champion, but they won't face me. <laughs> it's an open <laughs> invitation, fellas. Yeah. What we should have done, we should have kept track of how many times he specifically name dropped Hulk Hogan. Because I just want to point out how much four times. Yeah. Drink every time. Yeah, drink every time. You'll be fucking dead in ten minutes. He's living in that man's head rent free. Like Hulk Hogan doesn't even know who you are. I hope clout clout chasing lit other people's success living in his head rent free is like quintessential Shane Douglas. Honestly, I'm more convinced to go and watch Hulk Hogan now. Like, oh, easy, easier competition, I guess. Let me go watch some of that. <laughs> I also, I fucking, I fucking also, the, the big thing to note for me in this promo was at one point he did this laugh. This like, <laughs> and like, <laughs> the way he did it, like his mouth moved like a fucking Muppet. Like, like his entire like head 
undulated as he did this as he let out this laugh what was that noise his whole voice feels put upon and i don't know if it is or not it definitely is right probably i would hope but it's such a weird fuck like he's just like what is that (laughs) stop it get some help Okay, and then we cut to the ring, and where they're and in the ring already. Saw fucking wrestling on my wrestling show. Holy shit! There Thank was only God. Fifteen minutes of wrestling in this entire thing. True. I just realized. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God! The first two matches were just beatdowns, if you want to call them wrestling. And then all three, the matches on this episode were even worse than I thought they would be, to be honest. So and I already looked at the card, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not going to be a good wrestling episode." So um, bad. So, Tom, Shane Douglas cuts another promo where he basically just repeats what he said backstage, which, fair enough, because that stuff wouldn't have been seen by the live audience. So, fair enough, I guess. But why uh, do we have to see it twice? Um, we had the bit. that This is when the OJ That Bum sign came out that I swear yeah. that's what it said, even though Mr. Hughes stood in the way a lot, so I couldn't quite see what it was but like i context of like what i did see i'm like i'm pretty sure that's what that sign said also i want to shout out the other sign i saw during this match that read shane doofus good job very clever good very clever dude uh so they do a very classical bit where so shane douglas is talking his shit and they're like and they're like tommy dreamer has till the count of 10 to come out or this match is a forfeit and so he, him, and Shane Douglas and Hughes start counting, and like have like they go one, two, three, four. And he's like, "Ha, ah, Shane, Tommy ain't gonna make it." Five, six, and he gets to eight, and then out comes Tommy Dreamer with a big old band aid on his head, so that you understand that he is suffering a head injury. Yeah. The band aid keeps the concussion inside your brain. Yes, that's how that works. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah. Also, I want to shout out that it looks like like the bandit had some fucking like blood splotch on it, and at one point it flies off during the match, and just like his head is completely clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Presumably, that's for that's from the canings to the head, but again, he is not bleeding sure. when they take it off. <laughs> no scarring, nothing. Yep. Nope. Uh, so then we are, it is revealed that you know there's no way that the medical staff could have cleared him for this match, but thankfully oh, but ECW match, is a. Thankfully, this match is a dirt ECW is a dirt bag outlaw show, so that even though he's not medically cleared, he's still going to get in the ring and wrestle. So don't worry, fellas. We, the main event is safe. Dude, he's gonna fight. He's so, some bad shit's gonna happen, and he's gonna go home and like send it. I don't, I don't know what the fuck the fuck was was the nineties for. I was gonna say send a telegram, but that's a little too archaic. That's a little I too late. I, I I wanted to make a shit my britches on raw joke, but I couldn't think of a good way to throw it. <laughs> uh, so this match, like the pre, like the first two matches, is just kind of a one-sided beatdown because of the story of it all. Like Shane yeah. Douglas is just throwing the fakest punches I've ever seen, <laughs> and I've watched Shane McMahon throw punches. <laughs> and well, I'll say the this: the formerly known is, as Shane McMahon. Well, the technique is fine for wrestling, but Shane Douglas pulls his arm so much, he doesn't even come close to making contact. So you, there is a lot of visible air between his hand and Dreamer's face. I was like, God. dude, 
I do like that when Dreamer was actually able to get some hits in, especially once they got outside of the ring, uh, mm. every fucking time he was hitting him with a chair, he'd be like, another chair! Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah hits only the freshest chair, chair drops chair. it, and then asks for the crowd to give him another chair. One, 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 one hit chair. I don't know. The, he, he, he got to get the fresh chairs. The, they're, they're only, they, they're only fresh for one hit. They got to get them at, the, at their ripest. They only hit right just the first time <laughs> before the dent starts. Yeah. Th- yeah. Don't, you know, that's how chairs work. No. Um, also I shouted out commentary earlier and something I kind of realized continuing to watch this show was that commentary is there. I mean, like I said, they're kind of at a 10 this whole time, but like they, Commentary is the energy of like a dad on speakerphone. Like the way they talk is very, very pro, very proclamatory. That they, that's, they, that's they, very much that's very much Joey Styles. Style. Yeah, Joey's Joey Styles is like sounds like he's he's on like a fucking like speakerphone on a on on like a plane or like in a bus station or something. And you haven't like, even like heard like, and you haven't even heard like peak Joey Styles like. Like this is before Joey Styles gets his famous catchphrase of "Oh my God!" Oh, and God. uses that for ever all the high spots. But that's the that's the uh, that's the that's the drunk uncle on speakerphone. No, um, <laughs> no, but but he's he's got he's got like that energy of like some goober who's talking a little too loud in a public place. But then in this match, it kind of like really falls off, and he starts going off the rails a little bit, like. God, carrying this entire like narrative on your shoulders has got to be exhausting. I don't play him in one bit, but he said he throws some like really obscure dig at WCW by saying, "This isn't Disney World." Thank yes. you, Joey. Um, well, that's not that obs- that's not that's probably not too obscure for '94. Like, well, I time, guess, but just, just saying it joke. as this isn't Disney World is such a random way of saying "fuck mm-hmm. you" to WCW. And well, then I think later that, on, I, think, I mean, I think by that point, Shane Douglas was also was already back to shit talking Hogan and Flair. So, probably. I'm pretty sure by that point he had already been I like, guess. "Watch this, Hogan! Of, watch this, Flair!" I just love the phrasing of "This isn't Disney World." Like, like it's mm. so like straightforward. And if you don't know the context, you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Like what? Um, also, um, also, I think this was him. This is either him or someone in the audience. But I swear to God, this was him. At one point, goes somebody stab Mister Hughes. You see, that's the thing. I would have, I would believe Joey Styles would say that, but I don't remember if that is who said it. But I do remember someone saying that, and it, I for so, I do feel like I remember it coming through. But like, just the man, crowd, the crowd would have also said that. They would, but I don't know if at this point you the the crowd is quiet enough to pick out individual voices. Maybe um, someone was just really loud. I, I guess I guess, I don't know. I very clearly heard somebody stab Mr. Hughes, and it's like, gee, Jesus! I know it's like our hardcore show, but like, come on, guys, we don't need to take it that personally. Yeah. Um, um, which was really funny though, because earlier, Mr. Hughes is like on the outside of the ring, and he's looking out to the front row, and the front row looks legitimately terrified of him. That was so nuts. Yeah, he like went over the rope and like some dude, I think some dude was talking some shit at the very beginning. Of they the were. And like, like the whole front row was trying to talk shit to him and then he just like makes a move towards the front row. And they, and, and that, and that person, whoever it was, dog. yeeted out of there. Like you couldn't really see them. Like there was like a red shirt or something. You couldn't really see them mm-hmm. past Hughes' huge body. But like you see someone like get out of there. Yeah. Uh, so the the match is very one-sided because it plays into the notion that Tommy Dreamer is concussed. And so Shane Douglas was like, what if I just punch you in the head like a hundred yeah. times and, and then win? It. 
And when you know, Shane Douglas funny. wasn't punching Shane, Tommy Dreamer in the face, Mr. Hughes was punching him in the face. Mr. Hughes, Mr. Okay, this was this was a match of Mr. Hughes. Also, one more thing on stuff. Styles definitely did say something about Mr. Hughes doesn't have a manager's license, which was yes. What the the, fir- okay, the first time he interferes in the match, he Joey Styles complains that Mr. Hughes doesn't have a manager's license and shouldn't be out here, which is a very out old school terminology and thought process they they did this a lot back in the wwf in the 80s that's how i know about it gorilla monsoon was a big complaint was a big proponent of this on when he did commentary but like the idea is that like whoever is a manager for a wrestler has a specific license to be a manager much in the same way that a wrestler has a license to be a wrestler it's all part of the state athletic commission shit that wrestling had to be, deal with until they were like, dude, this is fake. Shut up and go away. Um, Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon be like, that guy's out here with a license. That's a real Pearl Harbor job. So, uh, so Hugh, so Joey Styles is complaining that Mr. Hughes doesn't have his manager's license. So he has no legal right to be in the part of this match. So he should go away. Yeah. Yeah, but he does not, in fact, go away. And literally every single fucking time the ref turns his back, it's just Mr. Hughes wailing on Dreamer some more. It was four or five times. And the first one I it remember was. the most it was- because what ha- because they mistime it. So Mr. Hughes, like, they, they send to the outside for Mr. Hughes to start attacking, and Shane Douglas rolls in the ring. The referee turns around and sees Mr. Hughes attacking Tommy Dreamer and then turns right back around to talk to look to check on Shane Douglas. <laughs> He's like, oh shit. Anyway. Oh no. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyway. That was literally so, the fucking crap during this match. Yeah, that, that's uh, I, I, that amused me that he like they missed time. And there that, are multiple so the refs for the end. It. And they still and he still gets away with it with multiple refs in the ring. Yeah, so the match eventually ends a bit weirdly in the way they timed it, but like they have the ref call the match because they're he's like any if we keep this going, this is a danger to Tommy Dreamer's health. Like he is, he can't fight back. He's kicking his ass real bad. We got to just Shane wins. Okay, end it. And they and Shane and Mr. Hughes don't want to stop, and so they don't stop. And the referees and a bunch of referees come out and just like tell them to try to tell them to stop. And they, just they don't. Stand around. Even in ECW, referees, their way of stopping stuff from happening is being like, no, bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Thank you. It's oh very helpful. Oh God. Yeah. Aubrey, Aubrey Edwards, this same. Yeah, no. you get that reference, don't you? Yeah, buddy? yeah. yeah. So that for- is the end of the show. Really, oh, they gotta go off air with Mr. Hughes and Tom and Shane Douglas continuing to put the boots to Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, no, like they they keep fucking they keep fucking chanting for nine one one to come out. Nine one one did not, in fact, come out to choke slam people tonight. It was a very no. Sad. They wanted nine one one to fight Mr. Hughes because, as you saw in the video package, like they've had a lot of interactions where. Yeah. trying to fight each other but nope 
911 was not coming out. Paul Paulie dangerously was like, "Fuck Tommy Dreamer, I'm not helping." Yeah, I'm not helping him. Wait, why would I? Why would I help Tommy Dreamer? What the fuck? Hmm. He's he's got a concussion. He's fine. That ain't, that ain't hey, nothing. What's when a it, concussion? What's a concussion between friends? Yeah, yeah. I've had seven of them in the past hour. <laughs> so that... fine. look at how I'm handling my money. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and so that is the end of ECW for July 19th, 1994. You know... You're you're telling me ECW had a peak at some point? Yeah, man. 95 is when that starts. This is 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 before the peak. What changes? What changes in a year? They lean in more into the hardcore stuff, and the characters get a little bit better. Okay. Do they learn how to... They also start getting better wrestlers. They also start getting better wrestlers. Not, like... They don't have any good wrestlers on this show. <laughs> and they're going to get better ones to get in between all that hardcore shit. But for now, all they got is the hardcore guys. God. Do they do, does their does their production value get any better? Little bit, but okay. not significantly. That would have been money. But this this is they the did ECW. Not have this you this can't is the you ECW tell your way to a better camera. <laughs> This is the ECW before a lot of the WCW cruiserweight division showed up. Like ah. the name, like the kinds of people that showed up in ECW include like Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. All of them were in ECW before they went to WCW. And ECW so, couldn't make money to keep them. No, it's crazy to say that. Imagine. Imagine misusing fucking Rey oh Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero so much. That hey, you, you see, can't the thing is, they up. didn't misuse those guys. They had great runs. They just can't pay them enough. Stick around. Paul. I don't. I mean, I don't know how you watch this episode of Hardcore TV and did, like I, you watch. I'm, you watch this and like, how could they not have had enough money to keep Rey Mysterio on the show? I. Well, what? it's more like it's more like how the fuck did those talented motherfuckers not bring in? more like patronage and money and shit three because because they never because ecw didn't have enough reach like god that's it pop philadelphia loved them but like where who else is watching ecw but the fucking nerds they clearly should have i'm not gonna get into that i'm not gonna get into how they should expand i'm not gonna do it no no i mean we're we're always here for the all right they should have their popularity Obviously, you got to just invest fully. Like it's gonna take all of your money. You're gonna you're banking it all on it work now. But you gotta risk it for the biscuit. And they did not do that. And look at how that turned out. <sighs> they played it too safe. They played it too safe. Ah. Got eaten up by the big guy. <sighs> well. Damn. Well, that was enough that. about enough about ECW is a bad business with <laughs> that, that couldn't ever pay anybody. And that's why everybody left. And that's why everybody hates Paul. That's why everyone who's ever worked for Paul Heyman also hates him. It's because <laughs> he owes all of them money. <laughs> does he still owe them money? Hell yeah, he does. You think he paid anybody he owed money after ECW? He has a fucking WWE salary now. How does he not you have the think mo- he's using that to pay anybody? Look, I would like look, to you think, think so. You think he signed contracts with these people to pay them money? He didn't do shit. Gentlemen's agreement. No, gentlemen's man. agreement. Look, look, man, man. When I make it big, when we make it big, 
You got your money. Dude, imagine being on fucking Rey Mysterio's bad side. Rey Mysterio seems like the most agreeable motherfucker in the universe. How the hell do you get on his bad side? And, and like, I just imagine him at fucking WWE shows. Like, like walking around backstage, being his Rey Mysterio self. And, at, at what? I, I lost connection with you for a second. Uh, yeah, no, but no, no, no. So, okay, so, so, this... Cause, cause Ray Mysterio is presumably one of, so Ray Mysterio is like one of the most agreeable, see, seems to be one of the most agreeable motherfuckers in the universe. I can just imagine him going around backstage at WWE, having a good time, saying hi to everyone. Then he sees fucking Paul and just side eyes him and walks silently past. <laughs> imagine being on Ray goddamn Mysterio's bad side. I wonder what the fuck do you have to be to do that? God damn, I don't think dude. Paul Heyman cares cause he's got, he's got his money. Like, like yeah. fuck you, Paul God. Heyman might be a crazy. That, that awkward moment when on screen Paul Heyman is really just how Paul Heyman actually is. Paul, list Paul Heyman was a creative mastermind, especially when it comes to making the most out of nothing. But at the end of the day, he was a carny, like every single other one of them. True. He True. Drag promises and bounce checks. And when he got his WWE money, he he didn't owe them, and he ain't paying he ain't writing their checks all. anymore. He don't give a shit. Fuck you, Paul. He got you, his money, pal. You absolute doorknob of a human being. Yep. God but damn. enough about that. Uh, this has been a you know my thoughts on the episode is it's bleh. Not not the not even the best episode of Hardcore TV I've watched in the last week. Uh, but as, as, as Kyle mentioned, there's a lot of potential here and yeah. I don't, again, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate mm-hmm. it. It's just like watching it as it is now. It's so like unrefined. There's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I feel, I feel like the two, like they had two different story beats that took too long, but mm-hmm. like. The, the Shane Douglas Tommy Dreamer match was too long for what they were trying to do, and then the and then the Public Enemy promo <laughs> was too long. Two things that I on paper like the idea of what they why they what they were doing with that, but then they yeah. like, take twice as long as they had to be. They've got the building blocks, but they have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But like knowing that this is this is them building up to their peak, you know they have the potential, and you know they're going to do yep. something with it. It's just yeah. intriguing as to what exactly that's going to be. I would be so excited to like watch the <laughs> That would be so dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what <laughs> no, he said he said he'd be really excited to watch their peak at some point. Oh yeah, sure. Um, we're definitely coming back to ECW beyond this story arc because there's oh, so much yeah. good stuff to cover here. I don't want <laughs> to be like, like oh, don't want to like the Dudley Boys aren't here. Taz isn't here. Oh god doing damn it, Taz stuff. Taz. You gotta listen to a good Joel Gertner promo, David. You you ain't ready. Gerger? Oh Joel no. Gertner, the manager of the Dudley Boys. Oh no. No, Austin, no. I don't wanna. Raven isn't here. You know, there's a lot of stuff we can do in ECW. But oh, that cool. is for the future. For now, that we're wrapping that up. And next time. We will be returning to Lucha Underground. Boil Heights! Yeah, last time uh, is um, blah, 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 is the is Drago was kicked out of the temple. Get the fuck out. 
and Hernandez has emerged as a number, as a new challenger for Prince Puma. Will he get his title match on this upcoming uh, uh, And also, Mothman or fucking whatever. Fuck yeah, Marty, the Moth Martinez is here. I don't know why you're so hype about this guy. Just you wait. <laughs> you got so excited. Absolutely right. in the tank for Marty. I the love Moth. me some Boyle Heights. Let's fucking do it. Yep. Until next time, David, here are plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear, dear friends, thank you all so much for once again joining us on yet another phenomenal episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you join us. Uh, whether you are a uh, first-time listener, uh, returning listener, what have you, we're so happy to have you here. Um, if you're a returning listener, well, thank you for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is you use to consume our content. If you're a first-time listener, viewer, what have you, welcome. We are so, so happy that you've joined us. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to the wrestling fandom or a total seasoned veteran of this wild, wacky world, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you want to continue to come back and have a great time with us. If you want to keep having a great time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, well, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode. Like, comment, add us to your playlist, check out our playlist on our YouTube. All of our uh, arcs and series and, and different uh, eras that we follow are all organized into nice little playlists so you can listen to specific things without having to skip around a whole fucking lot. It's great. Uh, and if you watch our more recent YouTube shit, hey, you get to see our wonderful, lovely voices and our brand new, cool, like, VOD setup. It's awesome. <clears throat> so be sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on three of the best places to find your podcast. That is the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come give us a listen. Give us a download. Give us a rating. I know Spotify just added uh, ratings. Give us a nice five star if you feel like. Leave us a review on Google and Apple. Uh, you know, just let people know, hey, these guys are pretty cool. Maybe you should uh, come check them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, but if you're a fan of that audio-only experience, be sure to come find us on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, of course, there are also places where you can get in more direct contact with us. There is our Twitter, uh, <clears throat> the classic, at uh, Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. That's uh, Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. Uh, we are on there a decent amount. We like to drop dank memes. We like to engage with wrestling fandom discourse we of course post every single time we drop a new episode so you guys know what the hell is going on all that good shit and of course the highlight of our twitter weekly wrestling live tweeting my friend was on the docket coming up of course uh as usual every wednesday night we are live tweeting aew dynamite 8 p.m eastern on tbs uh Usually it is up. It is up to me, but right now I am indisposed on Wednesdays for the next several weeks. So that is up to David. David to is guest hosting, although I'm sometimes indisposed on Wednesdays too. So sorry, sorry if we're kind of lax on this reason. Oof. Uh, and then we also do <laughs> AEW, WWE, <laughs> and Impact Wrestling pay per views uh, upcoming. We have AEW Revolution, Revolution! On, Mar on March sixth. <laughs> And uh, that so far we don't have any map to set up for that, but that will be uh, coming up. Then next for WWE 
technically is Elimination Chamber, but that is one of their Saudi Arabia shows. <laughs> so we're not covering that one. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck Saudi Arabia. And fuck Yep. Fuck you, Vince. So, fuck you and fuck you, Vince, of course. Naturally, first. all three. So next, we, next up is WrestleMania 38, April 2nd and 3rd. Uh, woohoo, it's the granddaddy of them all. And, you know, maybe maybe the, a match will be on that show that I like so far. Up, yeah. So far, we have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again for the, uni- for the Universal Championship. We have Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown women's title. I can't wait to see the crowd shit all over that one. It's going to be great. And Becky Lynch will be defending the Raw Women's Championship against To Be Determined. Hook, please get some new matches on there. Let's go. Coming yeah, up soon. Give, give Becky an interesting uh, opponent, maybe. Just a thought. Please be Bianca Belair. Please, please be Bianca oh, Belair. Please be Bianca Belair. I agree. Yep. Please, God. Yep. And then upcoming for Impact Wrestling is Rebellion taking place on April 23rd. Obviously, that's way too far out for there to be any matches announced. But that is upcoming. And that is uh, what we'll be doing on the Twitter going forward. Fuck yeah. So be sure to come check all of that out. It's a great time. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh Austin, of course, being the knockout, he knows his shit. He's on it. He's got some great fucking commentary the entire time. Me, the noob, I just throw out my my dumb fucking memory uh, and hope that some of it sticks. And you know, seems like I do okay sometimes. But either way, uh, I, I would like to think that the two of us are quite fun company to uh, to have while watching wrestling, even if it's in, in a digital only format. So come join us over there on the Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. Uh, and of course, there is our email uh, that you can that you can contact noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs the word and this time knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us, tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, suggestions, uh, uh, requests for for arcs, for for companies, for eras, for any wrestling adjacent media you feel like hearing us talk about. We're more than happy to to hear out requests. We always like, hey, we like doing what the people want. Yep. Uh, hey, what the people hey, what the people want. Uh, you gotta <laughs> give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna make us an offer we can't refuse. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, no, but uh, uh, other than that, you know, just come say hi, start discourse with us, yell at us for our hot takes, or tell us how absolutely fucking based we are, or how our sweet dulcet tones lull you to sleep every night as as you know I, i'm sure they do um it, whatever the case just come say hi to us we love people saying hi and we would love to say hi back so come uh come talk to us at noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com and of course finally uh the the patreon account we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. And before we sign off, once again, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast to have you here. I've been looking forward to this for ever yeah. since we planned this, and we hope to have you back soon. Well, I, I had a lot of fun. Fucking hey, yeah, we got yeah, one. Absolutely. Hey. Hell yeah. yeah. So see y'all next time. Hasta luego.